and welcome to the podcast Guinea Pig Ship. My name is Benjamin Cook. I will be your host. Uh, this podcast is based on the book by the same name, written by Brian Marshall, who was my grandfather. And the purpose of this podcast is going to be to read the book, uh, similar similar to an audiobook in the sense that I'll go through and I'll, I'll read through the chapters. But with this podcast format, what that's going to allow me to do is uh, take some time to add additional information or some extra context to the events or the people um, or just some of the language that's found in the book, especially some of these um, pieces of language or, or sailor jargon and things like that that are maybe um, outside the common uh, knowledge or parlance and things like that. So uh, hopefully you will appreciate the format. Um, I am by no means a professional voice recording uh, off, uh, artist or anything like that. I don't have a professional setup, so I'm just um, doing this as a labor of love. My grandfather wrote this book. Um, it was a passion project of his. He really wanted to share this story, not only for himself, but also for the, you know, the hundreds of other sailors that he served with, but also the story itself, the, the events that happened in this book are true and they are real. They have lasting consequences. And too often we've seen in history, but more specifically in this event, the governments of the world not really properly acknowledging the sacrifices that uh, servicemen and women have made and the dangers that they are put into, especially when it comes to things like, uh, well, in this case, nuclear fallout from atomic bomb testing. But we see this even today with things like burn pits and just how governments uh, handle the health care of their veterans after the fact, especially when they've been ordered into these dangerous situations and then often are not taken care of properly. So this story is true. Like I said, it is, <clears throat> it is, um, it is a good story. It's well-written and I hope everybody enjoys it and I will read through it. So this introduction, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the back cover of the book, which is going to be sort of a biography, a little bit of an introduction to the author, why he wrote this, um, this book. Then I'll read the foreword, which is written by a man named David Gower, who if you're not familiar with David Gower, he's quite a famous person in England. He was an English um, cricketer. He was the captain of the English cricket team um, uh, during the 1980s. And so he wrote the foreword to this book. And then we'll also read an insert here with some information about radiation uh, by Dr. John Goffman, from, um, uh, who has a PhD in California. So. I'm going to go ahead and start, and like I said, if you hear, you know, I'm not a professional with a professional setup, so if you hear any noises in the background, any book pages, or any clicking on my computer, uh, apologies, but that's just going to be part of the recording process, and I uh, hope everybody appreciates um, episode number zero here, the introduction, and enjoys it as well. So, without any further ado, I will start by reading the back cover of the book. Brian Marshall was born in Lancashire in 1936 and joined the Navy as a boy seaman at HMS Ganges in 1951. He served until 1961 and then came outside where he took degrees at the universities of Birmingham and Lancaster together with a postgraduate teaching certificate at St. Martin's College, Lancaster. Work in the post-Navy years largely included the teaching profession and HM prison service. From February 1956 to August 1957, he served aboard HMS Diana a period with which the narrative of this book is largely, though not exclusively, concerned. Diana was closely and controversially involved in Operation Mosaic, the testing of two nuclear bombs at Montebello off the west coast of Australia. 
She also participated in the Suez Campaign of 1956, during which, along with the cruiser HMS Newfoundland, she was involved in the last sinking by the Royal Navy of an enemy vessel by gunfire alone. As a historian, the author has found it impossible to resist a number of short excursions into naval history, anecdotes of Diana and other ships, and life in the post-war Navy where the spirit of Jutland was not too far in the past and the guided missile was yet to come. This work, however, is essentially a sailor's thoughts on nuclear weapons. Diana at Montebello and the potentially dire effects that their presence at those barren islands so long ago may have had on 300 healthy young men. So that is the back of the book. It kind of gives you an idea of, you know, who my grandfather was, you know, kind of his, um, his background there, but also why he's writing this book. Um, this ship, HMS Diana, was involved with these nuclear bomb tests um, in Australia. And, you know, as we'll see in the book, this had very uh, long-lasting effects on the people and the crew involved. And so, you know, that's why the book is called The Guinea Pig Ship. It was done as a test, as we'll see when we read the book. Um, there is a historical note there, um, something which I just want to make sure everybody kind of understands this kind of time period of history. So in the back cover here, it mentions the spirit of Jutland. So Jutland, um, there was a battle at Jutland um, during the First World War. It was one of the largest naval battles in history. So this is why it's kind of uh, an ingrained thing into British naval military history. It was, um, you know, the Royal Navy against the... Uh, Imperial German Navy during the First World War. Large battle, you know, don't have time to go into it today, but recommend you do a little bit of research and look that one up if you've never heard of it before. Pretty interesting battle um, for control over the North Sea. So that's what the spirit of Jutland is in reference to. And of course, it's that time period between these really, really large, epic naval encounters of the First and Second World Wars and where naval combat has come since with the guided missile, where ships nowadays don't even need to see each other to be able to shoot at each other. So it's kind of that time period in history here. Um, so the next thing I'm going to read here is the foreword. So like I said, this is written by a man named David Gower. He has an OBE. And he was a famous um, uh, cricketer in England, uh, captain the English cricket team for a while. And he has a relation to uh, a member of the crew on the Diana. So um, you'll see that here in the foreword. So here's the foreword of the book written by David Gower OBE. Guinea Pig Ship records the story of HMS Diana and her voyage to the Montebello Islands off the west coast of Australia in 1956 to test the ability of a warship of the Royal Navy to withstand the effects of an atomic bomb on the vessel and her crew. Brian Marshall was a 20-year-old seaman on board HMS Diana and gives a vivid account of life in a Royal Navy destroyer as she sets off on this very unusual mission plus his detailed recollection of the tasks the crew were asked to complete, a mission that saw the ship survive the atomic tests and also become embroiled in that final imperial conflict at Suez. John Ronald Gower, my uncle, was captain of HMS Diana. And of course, that's David Gower's uncle, not my own. After a distinguished and active service at sea in the Second World War, he was delighted when a series of shore-based jobs came to an end with an order from the Admiralty to return to sea in command of Diana for a general service commission with the last ever all Devonport crew. Independent command of his own ship was the ultimate privilege for a destroyer captain, but his delight soon turned to disappointment when he learnt that the ship was to be detached from the rest of the squadron after leaving Malta to undertake a special top-secret task. This was not merely to observe the trials at Montebello, the cover story, but to discover by deliberately steaming through the radioactive fallout from two explosions, 
what effects the aftermath of an atomic explosion would have on the operational capacity of both the ship and the crew of a Royal Navy destroyer. However, orders were orders, and the mission was accomplished. The crew and officers turned out to be a loyal band, and John Gower was immensely proud of HMS Diana and all those who served with him. He remained in regular contact with many of the ship's company until his death in 2007. But looking back on that 18-month voyage in his later years, he remained troubled by many aspects of the mission. The failure of the MOD, the Ministry of Defense, to recognize the servicemen were put, in, were put at hazard during the test without adequate care and protection, that no compensation was provided to those who may have been harmed by their involvement, that opportunities to conduct tests on the crew immediately after their exposure were not taken, and that no acknowledgement of the ship's work at Montebello and her contribution to the subsequent know-how of the atomic defense of Royal Navy ships for years to come was ever made. I commend this book to all with an interest in the Royal Navy and our seafaring past. David Gower, OBE. So what David Gower is saying there, of course, towards the end, is the crux of the book. It's not only telling the story here, but it's how the government failed to acknowledge and care for the people who were involved in the tests. So the next page of the book is just the sort of title page. It says, uh, it says uh, Guinea Pig Ship, HMS Diana, 1956-1957, by Brian Marshall, and is dedicated to the men of HMS Diana and their families. Now, there's an insert here right before the table of contents written by a man named um, John Goffman. He's a doctor, Dr. John Goffman. He has a PhD from the University of California, Berkeley, and an MD from the University of California, San Francisco. And uh, in researching uh, Dr. Goffman, I found that he um, you know, did quite a lot of work in, um, with a man named Glenn Seaborg, who was the discoverer of plutonium and was a chairman of the U.S. Atomic Energy Commission. Um, and also worked on, Goffman also worked on a project called the Plutonium Project, which is an offshoot of the Manhattan Project. So did a lot of work with uh, nuclear research and things like that. And this is, this is just something that he wrote about radiation. And radiation, of course, is going to be a theme of this book um, later on. So uh, reading here the insert from Dr. John Goffman. Radiation consists of high-speed particles and electromagnetic waves which damage living tissue by breaking chemical bonds and cause biochemical changes. Different types of radiation have different hazards. Alpha particles are damaging if inhaled or swallowed. Gamma rays and X-rays penetrate very thick layers, and neutrons are even more penetrating. Radiation can induce cancer and inheritable genetic disease, both of which usually appear decades after exposure. Radiation also lowers the ability of the body to respond to infection by interfering with the immune system. By any reasonable standard of scientific proof, there is no safe dose or dose rate below which dangers disappear. No threshold dose. Serious, lethal effects from minimal radiation doses are not hypothetical, just theoretical, or imaginary. They are real. So that's written by Dr. John W. Goffman, and he was born in 1918 and died in the year 2007. So I will briefly read the table of contents, and then we will end episode number zero, the introduction, and um, you can move straight into episode number one, which will be the first chapter of the book. So table of contents reads as this. Even better, sorry, <laughs> even bigger and better weapons of war than the British background, then Diana commissions, then the ships of Montebello, then Mosaic 1, then Mosaic 2, then the barren rocks of Aden, then Suez and beyond, then the long way home, and then anticlimax, Diana and the home fleet, and then nuclear aftermath, and then the Diana's 1956-1957.
Well, thank you very much for listening to episode zero. Again, I'm your host, Benjamin Cook. I'll be reading this book throughout the course of this podcast. Um, please do follow the podcast if you'd like to keep up to date when new episodes are released and share this around. Um, you know, if there's anybody in your family or friend groups that are interested in, in history, you know, this is a very engaging story. It goes into the details of, of the tests and, and what the ship actually went through, but also gives the account of a 20-year-old at sea and the things that my grandfather experienced and saw and did um, when he was uh, on board these ships. So uh, thank you very much for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon in episode number one.